you guys a, a quick life hack recommendation um if you're from the toronto area gta um our lovely listeners we want to we want to help you out here as of late we've been recording a lot more spending a lot more time in the studio and because of our lives are a little bit hectic we're in and out we never really have snacks and food here so we uh partnered up with tiggy who is a canadian app and uh recently came to toronto and they are an on-demand food delivery service and also you can get your COVID test and basically anything else you need. They got a variety of unique products. Uh, basically anything that you might want last minute, you can go. Go on the app. It's 15 to 30 minute delivery. Yeah, you heard that right. 15 to 30 minutes. We literally order it when we get in the studio before an episode. And before we even sit down to start recording, our food is here. I'd say even for us, it's always come closer to the 15 minutes and the 30. Like we'll order it and before we can, you know, as soon as we sit down, take our jackets off, our guest gets here, like the stuff is here and like keeps us, I mean, we get drinks, snacks, I mean, anything we really need to kind of, you know, keep us going, it, it comes. The best part is there's no fees, no subscriptions. Um, it Guys, it, it's actually amazing. They have fresh products and we actually like, you know, we don't waste stuff here. We order what's needed every episode and you know we go through it, and then the next time we're back in here, we order more. We don't we don't waste stuff because sit here and, and go bad, and it's been a lifesaver. And since we love you guys so much, we're gonna give you guys a promo code. You knew this was coming, Pal Thirty. Yeah, Pal Thirty. P A L Thirty gives you thirty percent off your first three orders. Yep, bingo, boom, go do it, <laughs> guys. And not only that, like every, the price of everything is going up. You're gonna save thirty percent. Like what a no brainer. Don't, thank us later. You know, don't even thank us. Just go and do it. Have a so great day. We'll put the download link in the bio in the description. So click the unique link. You can download it again. And the promo code is PAL30 for 30% off your first three orders. Now get ready for this fire episode. Let's go. If you played a, a Spotify party. Okay. It was yeah, like a 2000. Per, it was a 2000 person that. Spotify party. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm looking at it. It's like, it's not this house. I was like, what it's the insane. fuck? It's insane. I was literally I was so mad. I was like, that would have been so fucking hype to see. I think Post Maddie Malone on. at Post Malone at Revolve Fest. Crazy. Like it's like it's insane. Anytime you see someone like that at a at a party that small, you're like, that would be so sick to be. I think it's the the diversity of Coachella <laughs> is so amazing because like we've all oh, done EDC, we've all done Ultra, and it's 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 a lot. We haven't all that done EDC ED like you've done EDC. But when it's that much EDM, it's a lot of EDM on a lot of stages over a lot of days. But seeing Coachella, the, the oh. diversity in acts, it's like, dude, this is special. Yeah, I was just so jealous on Instagram. I was jealous on YouTube. I was jealous on TikTok yeah. watching it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. We actually when Kygo first like really blew up, I got invited to this uh, Samsung party, at Toy Box or what was Toy Box called before Union? Okay. And me and George went, actually, George, you remember that? Yep. Yeah, Samsung, yeah. We went to this party, and it was actually fucking sick. Like, this is when Kygo was, like, big enough to play, like, yeah. Rebel or Gov or whatever, and he was playing Toy Box was, like, a thousand-person venue or something. You always hear the most special stories of when the artist is having their moment. Like, like Kygo early. Everyone talks about that. Yeah. Or an artist, their first time playing on a main stage no one talks about the arena shows or when they've done 100 tours but like it's cool to be like i saw kygo before it was stadium kygo yeah you know what i mean like there's like, something like special even like a lot of these new artists that are coming to history now in toronto a lot of them like this is like that's the next stepping stone before they start doing arenas like jack harlow played history i think in january it's like it 
I, it's fair to maybe assume maybe in a year from now he's gonna be playing stadiums, right? Have you guys been there? I've been there twice. What's it, now, what's yeah. it like? It's sick. It's dope. Right? It's really sick. Yeah, yeah. It's like it feels. It's comparable to like Gov in the sense of like size. Like the room mm-hmm. feels like that kind of size of Gov, but it's just it feels higher end. Like the the balcony looks really nice. Like again, it's brand new. So like the bars all look good. Dope. They have like seating and tables just so you can like actually stand and have drinks too on the side. Uh, but it's really, really nice. Sick. Like I, again, I went there for uh, Bob Moses, and I went there for Lil Tecca. Sick. Lil Tecca is probably one of the craziest concerts I've ever been really? to. Really, man, it's all high school kids. Like actually, all high school kids, and these kids went ham. Is like, Lil Tecca, like rap, like rapper? yeah, he's a, he's a SoundCloud rapper. That's how he became big on SoundCloud, I think, or YouTube, one of the two. But he's like eighteen or something, like five foot five, one hundred and fifty pounds, maybe. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but like he's a little, he's, he's a like kid. a twig. He's a he's kid. kid and it's all high schoolers. Like I was at in this crowd. I'm like, if you're a high school kid and you weren't at this party, like you're a loser at high school the next day. You know I, I mean, mean like, many, these, I mean, how many people went to that event? I don't know, like 4,000 or something. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not right, okay, losing high school. Then. Yeah. You know what I mean though? But like <laughs> this was, it was crazy. Like mosh pits I mean, galore. Violence today. Yeah. Everybody's. We were talking about like some of the younger guests you guys have had and thinking a little tech at 18. It's like, don't you. Like that's insane to be eighteen and yeah. that's your life. Yeah, like that's scary. That's I know actually Lil Tech now. Little Tech has got to be. I'm 27 like, right now, and I could barely handle what I'm dealing with. Imagine yeah, you're yeah. 18 years old and you have one of the biggest records in the world. You're doing like that's like a that's a scary life, man. What's well, like like Justin Bieber, right? Like he um, like yeah. Ooh, Lil Tech is 19. Lil Tech is 19. Wow. Born August yeah, like, 26. You don't know anything. Like you so, know his biggest anything. hit was 17, probably. Yeah, like. If you're, uh, yeah, like look at Bieber's rise and like everything that happens and everything that comes with it, like you don't know how to navigate the world. I mean, like hell, even now most people like tear point. You're 27. I'm just turning 32. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> like you, you, you think like when I was like in my early mid 20s, like 25, I'm like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. I know everything. Then I'm like 29. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not as much as I thought, but I still know everything. And then I'm like 32, and I'm like, I sit, like you still think that you know stuff, and like, but you realize you know less and less. You, life goes on, and how ill prepared you are back then for certain things, and. Um, I can't even imagine like, you know, being that young and it's just crazy um, to think of what you have to deal with and all you have to, how you like how you have to figure it out on the fly and know if like, oh, is this a good situation to be in or bad? Is it good for my image? Is it good for my health? Is it good for my mental health? Like you have to really figure things out and it's hard because you also want to stay current. I'd imagine these are assumptions, but you want to stay current and relevant and like network with the right people and the people that you're trying to network with with are probably older and also probably viewing you as a dollar sign because you you know there's a diamond dozen that come through hollywood or or new york city if you will that's it gives you a lot of anxiety to think about like thinking about how that how difficult that must be now are we recording yeah oh wow (laughs) (laughs) we get everyone like that (laughs) Um, you know this man second time so you celebrated your birthday yesterday i wanted to start since we're talking about age now that i know we're recording (laughs) what is the the biggest lesson of your last year what is the big oh. lesson you could take wow Fuck, i love it. this holy That's we're getting question. into it man peter man love it george you want to um, go first oh wow i'm just trying to think like run through the last year of everything that's happened the biggest lesson um i didn't i don't think i learned this this year but like I just think something I'm trying to practice more is that like I, I'm I trying to care less and less and less about being right or proving people wrong. I will still be the, the, uh, the biggest debater and like antagonist yeah. and all that till the end of time. That's just how I am. But like 
you when you like remove yourself and you actually stop and be like, do I care enough about this? Probably not. Like, prob I probably don't. So I'm just maybe arguing to argue. And the biggest thing is that like it's okay to say like, fuck it. Like I don't care or like, you know, like I just yeah. It That's is. A good Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. That's what I'm trying to work on. So it's kind of like pick your battles, or you're okay I guess with people not understanding. That's a good way to put it. Like, kind of pick your battles, and and even if you do feel like you're right at times, like just yeah, know when to just drop it, and it's not worth the it's not worth the possible ramifications or repercussions of like really hammering a point. Because like at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. Is, is is that the hill you want to die on? Like, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. there's, there's hills you want to die. A better way to put it, yeah. Pick it, an easy way to put it is yeah. Pick learn to pick your battles more. No. I'm not still not very good at it. Like I'm getting better at it. Um, George's girlfriend's in the my back. Girlfriend. <laughs> my girlfriend's actually taught me taught me uh, a lot. Do like, you agree that he learned a lot? Is he practicing what he's saying? You're definitely actively trying. Yes. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. she said he's definitely yeah, actively yeah, yeah. trying. Yeah. That's I am someone idea. who I, the, I, the one thing that I am proud of myself is like I like hold like I have certain things that I value and try to uphold and I try to stay consistent whether I'm like in the right or in the wrong or if I'm like. Um, like in all situations like my, my principles don't diverge so I'm not like moving goalposts on people mm -hmm. um, do I always act most rationally and logically not always but yeah trying to be consistent and then that's one thing I'm trying to practice to her point getting there little by little 1% better every day you that's know good. That's good I appreciate the question I'm gonna flip it what, what have you learned in the past year um, probably to try to let go of control and outcomes just being really proud of the art and when it's in the world it's in the world i've learned so many times that dude you could have a strategy your label could have a strategy your management could have a strategy and it goes in a million different directions a song gets hot five months late a song doesn't get hot at all a song goes from day one um, i'm trying to let go of control over these outcomes and just be like this is the best song i could do right now this is the best show i could put on right now and I'm going to close the chapter on it. I'm going to try not to look at the back end. And when I get the email from the label about the demographics, I'm going to try. I'll peek maybe a little bit, but I won't like go right through it. So I'm trying to remove myself from rigid outcomes. And just once the art's out there, it's out there. And that's tough. It is, but it's good that you, you're trying that because especially in today's age, there are so many random things that can happen that are so out of your control and that you can't plan for that can help push your career. You know, like, fuck, like we use this example all the time, like TikTok. Like, you have a song, boom, six months later, some random kid makes a random dance to it, and boom, you're the next Olivia On, Rodrigo or something. Like, last whatever night, her name is. I was having dinner with A-Craze, Do It To It, the record that blew up on yeah. TikTok and he was talking about it. He's like, dude, I've been making music for years, remix after remix, show after show. And he's like, this is it. He's like, we're on, he's doing a hundred shows. He's on a tour. He's selling out venues. So it's crazy. You can't TikTok predict things, man. <laughs> you can't predict them. It's uh, really interesting. It's a good perspective. Cause like the only thing you can really do is like, um, is just like, put all your time, energy, effort, like essentially like work, like do your work, put your head down and focus on it. And the rest is like, that's all you can control. And to your point, like trying to control the, um, the outcomes, I guess is like a fool's errand. Like you can't, you just never know. This, you don't know. You mean like you, if you, if you're happy about it, that's all that should matter, I guess. Yeah. Like that's, no, a, yeah. that's a really, and you could like, dude, I like the, one of the reasons I'm here right now is, uh, the record wait for me just hit radio and we're, we're back to promoting it. And it came out October twenty second. That's a and that I song. That song's a bang. That song was dead in the water. It was over. It wasn't going to go to radio. It stopped streaming. There was no traction on socials. 
And I was that guy. I was sending the label, the four paragraph emails being like, this song was failed. What happened? Why, why didn't we go to radio? Why isn't it on top 40? And then I get an email a couple of weeks ago. We're like, actually, yeah, it's working. Picked up traction. 12 stations are playing here. We're going to enter top 40 next week. We got to start promoting again. And then I just look like this crazy person on Zoom <laughs> because I've been blaming like everybody <laughs> and rationalizing all these things. And six months later, now the song is doing what it was supposed to do. Matt's got to um, put his tail between like, his legs. Eh? That, how, how like humbling is that where I was trying to rap? Maybe the song was too slow. Maybe the feature wasn't right. Maybe I shouldn't have put it on the winter. Maybe it's a spring record. And maybe my label failed me. Maybe there's an error here. And then five months later, I'm just the, like, look crazy because it's doing everything it was supposed yeah. to do. It's just I couldn't have predicted that radio decided they liked it in March, not in October. Uh, so that's a big part, the, the humbling that yeah, I've gotten yeah. and those emails where I've CC'd 32 different people where it's like <laughs> if, you were, if you've ever been to the label, you were CC'd on my like angry email. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that was humbling. Been, well, I have been there. I have deleted a lot of – I mean, we talked about this yesterday – Deleted a lot of like drafts as I've written them, and like I, I'll send a lot. I'll send equally as many messages that, and, and emails that I'm like when I'm mad. And then lately, to the point of like you know, pick my battles. I like I'll write something. I'm like, I was like, what good comes out of me sending this? And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm choosing violence today. I'll send it. <laughs> or I'm like, you know what? There's absolutely no point in doing this. Yeah. But it's like, um, I got a busy afternoon. I'm not going to do this today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's. Um, I wanted to say something too. That 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 track was I. I like I loved it. It was on my I have a Spotify playlist that I update uh weekly, let's say. Like I'll find new music on Fridays on Spotify. And I had I had like I have yours on it, like one of the songs. From the beginning it was on there. I was like, this is like a feel good song. But what's interesting is I had th that thought when it was when I put it on, I was listening to it, and I was like, it to me it felt like uh like a spring, summer, like going to Europe song. Yeah. Like, you know, like one of those ones because and the reason I thought this is, is because I always kinda I th I think if I remember correctly. Kygo would release a lot of new EPs kind of in the springtime, like Coachella time, like getting things ready. Yeah, Coachella when I heard when I heard your song, I was like, oh, like objectively a good song, a great song. But I was like, yeah, like this is like feels very it made me feel summery, which was a good feeling to have going in the in the fall. Cause you're like, oh, it makes you feel upbeat when you find a good song and you know it's a cloudy, cold day. Like you love having those. Totally. But it also maybe that's to your point why it's taking off, because maybe that's what it was. I think we had this conversation when it came out. Yeah? Yeah, me and you. Cause I think we texted about it or we were talking about it. We're like, hey, you hear the Nataka song? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's got that summary like Europe. Yes, bag. you did yeah. say that actually. You did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But one, it, is, so it is a banger. One day I'm, you know, I'm sitting in my room looking out the window. I'm thinking everyone failed me on this song. I'm <laughs> mad. I think I suck. I think, you know, I've, I just flopped. And then, you know, you get an email. be like, hey, it's, it's going. It's time to start promoting it. I know you forgot about it six months ago, but we got radio lined up. You got to start traveling again. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, that's that's immediately humbling. And that's when I'm like, you know what? Songs take on their own lives. All I could do is try to make something great. And whatever the weirdness of radio and the weirdness of Spotify algorithms, a lot of people have their theories. And it all, speaking of TikTok, there's like a million and one TikTok uh, music advice guys. These guys, they're, trust me, don't listen to those guys. If you're, if you're an aspiring artist and someone's telling you they understand the algorithm or they understand radio, the radio department on my label barely grasps radio yeah. the marketing department at my label barely grasps how a song can grow on tiktok so and these are the people that get paid great. just like make this something is their great. livelihoods yeah. to do make this. something great maybe people are going to catch on maybe it'll happen six months maybe it'll happen a year maybe it never happens so it's one of the things too though right like you can't um <clears throat> if you're like i th i think with anything in life if you're doing something um 
for the wrong reason or like you have a desired outcome rather than like doing it for the passion of doing it or like the enjoyment of doing it. <clears throat> it's like it puts out an energy that people like will like they can you can grasp it. Like, you know, if you're trying to be friends with somebody for the wrong reason, you're you know, trying to network with them to get business from them, let's say like people can tell pretty fast. Like it's it's easy, right? If you're making content that you're not like you don't enjoy for some reason, I'm not talking about you but in general like you're doing it just to get famous let's say like people kind of see through it right but maybe not the ones that see it online but the ones behind the scenes even making songs like if you're putting out records to try and you know game the algorithm or figure out what people might like yeah sure you have to put stuff out that people are going to enjoy but like you have to be happy making it or you're going to say shit i'll go back in the studio make another song try and figure out the algorithm maybe they're going to like when that's you know more summary or more this or more horns and more whatever like so I think at the end of the day, all you can do, and this is obviously a cliche thing to say, but you have to do what makes you happy and, and like that's all you can do and then the rest is like, also like hope the, for the best. The general consumer has a BS meter that is incredibly high. They can tell when you're trying to go viral. They can tell when something is scripted and forced and they can tell when something's organic and hilarious or organic and great. Back in the day, the growth hack game of three, maybe four years ago, when certain social networking platforms were new, there that was everywhere. Everyone was trying to go viral, and no one really understood how curated it is. Nowadays, someone could tell if you're trying. People yeah, could tell. That's a good point. Slowly but surely, the average person's like, "Dude, this isn't organic. This isn't real." Yeah, I think at least I you know. You, I think it's true. I think you can start. You can tell. I think you can see through things. Right? I wanted to ask you. Because you're on my TikTok for you. Oh page God! Here we every go. Day. Here we go. I was hoping I wouldn't hear this today. So, <laughs> welcome my, to the Ricky Liotti show, everybody. <laughs> my my question for wait, that. hold on. I want to answer the original question. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, you guys both skipped me. Fuck. Sorry. No. You know what's so f sorry? You know what I'm gonna make my new lesson this year? Be better at reciprocating questions because I'm the worst with that with Ricky. Yeah. Like, every episode right. of the guest, and I even notice it while I'm doing it, and then I'll just like look at him. He's like. Well, fine. No one's gonna ask me. No one's gonna ask me. I'm just gonna tell you the answer anyway. That's you know what? That's a new goal yeah. for 32. Be uh, better at reciprocating questions. You make Ricky, it a weekly goal because once it's a weekly, it's once it, you achieve it after a week, you realize how easy it is to do week to week. Aka make I, smaller habits. Yeah, I, I was reading. Uh, side note: I was reading this article about um, week weekly goals because I, I get these random you know articles I, I do read, and it was talking about setting weekly goals, and then once you achieve it, and you see, you see how easy it is to achieve it weekly, and it has not like a big feat to do. It's just so easy to implement into your daily schedule and just like be better. And it's the idea of like small habits versus opposed to big habits. But I, I didn't realize how easy it is to do something for a week. Well, it's I think to carry that on a little bit more, it's like it depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? Like it to you can look at it like, okay, I'm gonna be better at asking questions on a weekly basis, or you say I want to be better. Like your grand goal is yeah, to make it easier. Different. I want to lose weight. Okay, well, how do you do that? I got to lose a pound. Uh, a week. Or, yeah, pound a week. How to lose a pound a week? I got to walk. 10 kilometers, steps every day, and then you break down a smaller bite size yeah. things, right? So I don't know how I'm going to ask more questions every day, but I'll do my best yeah. <laughs> every week. Um, but Anyways, so so yeah, you, the, yeah, the original your, question. <clears throat> what um, have you repeated? So just, what, what have I learned last year? It's not something that I, I really learned, but it's something that I've always known that the last year has really emphasized for me is just to not give a fuck what other people think about you. I've always been like that my entire life. Maybe not my entire life, but for the majority of my life. And in the last year, you know, we had the startup. I don't, I don't know how much you know about it, but it failed. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. And part, like, there's so many parts of me where it's just like, you don't want to accept the fact that people are going to think of you as a failure, that you did it didn't work. Or, <clears throat> you know, we went to the park and we fucking, we, we tried everything and, like, we we did everything we possibly could. And sometimes, like, you might think that people look at you as, like, failures or this and that. 
But it's like, I don't give a flying fuck. I really don't care at all. Like, even again on TikTok, and it kind of worked out that you asked about it, because like on TikTok, I have so many people that are like, Ricky, like, that's so cringe. Why would you do that? Or why would you do this? Or like, you know, people that like I know personally, like, yo, like, like it's so shit or it's so this or it's so that. Like, I know girls that like I talk to and they're like, oh, I won't go out with you because you're a TikTok or whatever. It's like, yo, I don't give a flying fuck. Because then it's funny when like you're in the process of doing it and then like, okay, you get this like massive brand deal or something or you get this like, you know, you have a, a TikTok that does six or seven million hits. And then those same people that criticized you on the when I was at like 50K followers or 20 or 30K, now they're like, oh, yo, congrats on hitting 100K. Yo, I'm actually launching like a new clothing brand. Like, can you help me? It's like, yo, fuck you. I literally remember when you talk shit about cast or you talk shit about this or you talk shit about, this, but now you want my help because now that, I'm not, I'm not saying I've made it on TikTok, but it's like, I, I've got something mm -hmm. on TikTok that most people don't have. Of course. Where it's like, I literally don't give a fuck. And it's like, you see that people that always like support, like I have like, probably like 20 or 30 like followers that literally like comment and do everything on every single video I post, no matter how bad it is. Um, but then again, there's people that like, I knew talk shit about me. I'm like a hundred percent sure they talk shit about me. And then you hit a hundred K and now it's like, Oh, well, like, yo, I'm doing this event. Like, can you help me like promote it on TikTok? I was like, Oh, now you want my help. Oh, fuck you. So the one thing that the last year's taught me is just, or not taught me, just really <laughs> emphasized for me is just like, not give a fuck what people think. And does the confidence come from the results? Cause that's almost like, I hate to say it, but for me, when I was like an insecure local DJ getting paid in wings, I didn't have confidence. <laughs> When I had Bro, that would have gave me the most confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been the happiest kid for DJ week. Fat Pit. When, I'm just kidding. When bro. I had now the collaborations with Grammy winning artists and millions of streams and chart positions and EDC and all the things, I needed those real world results for now to have this relaxed confidence. I wish I could have got those wings and been confident, but I did need real world results. So in that case, did you need the 100K? Did you need those moments or were you feeling confident even when it was a, a very small account? No, it's for me, the thing was, and it, like it's, Cass has a lot to do with it because with Cass, like we gave it our all. You know, we did everything, like in my opinion, we, we did everything we possibly could to try and succeed and it just didn't happen. But we gave it our best and we failed. I'm not, I'm not mad about failure when you give it your best. If, if we left things on the table and, you know, maybe we didn't do this, maybe, we did, you know, I just, I think we tried our hardest. It just didn't work. And we, we can get into that later. But the thing is, it's, you gave it your best goal. You, you prepared, you did the best you could. It didn't work out. Who gives a fuck? I'm, I'm still proud of what we accomplished because we accomplished <laughs> things that so many other people will never even come close to touching you know we've done things like we we drove from toronto to florida from florida to <laughs> texas i drove personally my, my entire my i drove <laughs> from florida from the southern part of florida almost from fort myers yeah. to fucking texas me i don't even know how far it was but it was fucking far no it was far you're driving like six hours like in a like plus shifts. you're working the day so it's like you you work you drive like say the first day we went from fort myers we went all the way up to where was uh, University of Florida? Gainesville? Um, oh, yeah, University of Florida. Sorry, yes, Gainesville. Gainesville. So I did that. It's like a four or five hour drive. No big deal, right? You, you work all day. Boom. Three o'clock comes. <clears throat> you put in a six hour drive shift. Okay, then you're dead. You go to bed. Wake up. You could do another two hours to get to Louisiana. And we drove through like Mississippi, Alabama, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. You get what I'm saying. So the idea that like, people are like, oh, you know, you were out there in the park trying to do this, trying to do that. And, like you're posting left, right? So it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm doing what I what I need, what I think I need to do. I'm trying my hardest. You don't you think it's a failure? Great. That's on you. I don't give a fuck. Like I tried, I look at it and it's like, yeah, even though cast the app itself failed, 
I don't look at me, George, DB, or anybody else as a failure because of it. It's like we gave it 110%. If anything, we actually came out on top because we've learned so much more that we can take into the rest of our lives. Yeah, no one talks about the life experience. What value does that life experience have? You can't put a value yeah. no, you can't, on you can't what put a, those years Well, we can put a price on, on the experience we had. <laughs> we can put a big price on it. One thing that I want to <laughs> ask you too while this talk is... <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> Jesus. I know this is, yeah, this I really, is you, like I, you I, can hear. Yeah, you can hear yeah, last I, night in our well, voice. I like had one of those little the friggin' vape owl things, and my throat's like so hoarse. <laughs> morning, that's probably why. Um, anyways, um, to your to that point, the one thing I find interesting, and, and I'm gonna this is to both of you. Um, when I when people ask me about it, you know, what happened, whatever, you know, when you tell friends and close people, whether they're telling you the truth or not, they want you to, to make you feel better. They're like, oh yeah, but you know don't consider a failure. And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't like they say, you know, you shouldn't consider a failure. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. I know how to like look at it and take the values out of it. Cause everything good, bad in the world, there's, there's value you can extract out of everything or a lesson in everything. Typically there's more lessons in the failures. But what's interesting is people will talk to you as if like almost apologetically, like, you know, like, Oh yeah, you, you didn't fa- like, you know, it's not a failure. You take this lesson out of it or that. How much, like imagine how much you've learned. I'm like, and you know, they're probably trying to be nice and everything, but it's funny. People say that as if like, um, what am I trying to say here? Like, no, I. They're li- like it's. I don't know if it's like an awkward thing. They don't know what else to really say, so they're trying to make you feel better. That like, oh, don't feel bad. But I'm like, I don't feel bad. I know but exactly I wonder, like, what you mean because I literally know what you're trying to say because I don't know what it is in me. I, that feeling is uncomfortable. That yeah. somebody not understanding, like the song didn't do good, or you know, my current record deal. I had a record deal before. I got dropped after one song. And, but to me, I'm, I'm like a kid from the middle of nowhere. I got my first deal. I was like feeling great. I met a lot of my idols. And obviously I, I had the confidence that another one was going to come. I, yeah. I had the confidence that at least I had the tools to keep making great songs regardless of infrastructure. But it is weird. I don't know. Maybe that's like deep within us where when someone like acts like there's like a loss in the family because you had a minor <clears throat> business yeah. L over one short period. It's very uncomfortable. Um, but I don't know why it is. It feels weird. That's what I thought too. And that's what I, that's what I wanted to get your perspective. But it's interesting too because they don't say, "Hey, like you know what? What did you get out of it? Like you know, tell me about it. Like yeah, how, how do you feel? Yeah, hey, it's it didn't a, work. How do you it's, feel? It's funny when, when people, and maybe that's just a, a human thing, like a, a human nature thing, where you know some people don't have the social skills or the the conversational skills. Then you like the camera. No, shut off. I told you, <laughs> Danielle, my dream's gonna come true. I'm gonna yell at you. <laughs> I had a dream this morning. That, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that they say, "Hey, look, yo, tell me about it. Like, tell me more. Like, what did you learn? Like, what lessons you get out of it?" They tell you what, like, you, you know. And it, and I find that very interesting. And yeah, it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling. Like, I, you I'll mind it, but it's a it's, cliche. But everyone always talks about how like you're crazy until you're not. Everything is slow until it's fast. Everything in my whole career has been like so painfully slow. And then it's like, oh, the record's working. Then everything's so fast and it's a blur. And I'm on flights. I don't know what's going on. And then it gets slow. Or you are considered crazy until you're not. And it's, I guess that's just a bigger picture of how people look at things. It just needs to be, there's a threshold for undeniable. Like you have to be undeniable nowadays. There's so many ambitious people trying startups, trying to be artists. And I mean, in the average person's defense, average person's startup or average person's music career, like they they didn't do what you guys did with what you did. People aren't making great records. They're putting out these like random beats on SoundCloud. So, maybe that gives it a bad name where there's a certain threshold where we need to see a result or you're crazy up until that point. Yeah, yeah. Threshold's getting pretty high, but hey, that that's something to shoot for. And it's interesting, right? Because like you made a point before about 
um, you asked Ricky about, you know, did you need that for the validation? And it's really interesting because like, um, you know, you're crazy till you're not. And it's, you know, it's a lot of people, I guess, not to say that, you know, we're great or, and I'm not like, you know, your music is great, but I'm not gonna say, you know, it's easy to see spot greatness because most people can't identify greatness. No one probably saw Elon Musk at Queens University and said, this guy's going to take over the world. And in, in Elon went to Queens? He went to Queens engineering. So yeah. crazy. Um, I had no idea. But like, so it's hard to see. So it's interesting that people like, um, I think if you're good at what you do, you love what you do, you have the right reasons. Sure, the validation helps along the way, but I think if you believe what you believe, you don't consider yourself crazy. You don't really need it. It's kind of like a nice cherry on the on top. But it's interesting that like the market needs to see you get that validation to yeah. say, oh, okay, now he's legit. Okay, now I can go ask Ricky and, and now I can treat him differently. Or Tack is now, his song's now blowing up. It was good. The song hasn't changed from now, then to now, but now it's on the radio. Hey, let me call him up. I literally, I had this experience. So I had a record called All Time on the project and that was my biggest radio record in my career. And I think it peaked like number 23 at top 40. And everyone, like I've never seen such a hustle within the label system to get a top 20. And I'm like, what's the difference between three spots? Nothing's changed between, but saying you got a top 20 across Canada. Like I learned that those like very high vanity metrics, they matter to the people, they matter yeah. to fans. They want to see you have a certain chart position. And it, it blew my mind. I remember... Because, you know, the, I see the email threads and we get on the Zoom calls and I remember how much it mattered for us to try to get that top 20. And I, I was like scratching my head. I'm like, the difference between number 23 and 20 is like 15 radio plays across Canada, across mm-hmm. like 70 stations. It's nothing. But to them, that was a big metric that looks great and that they could build off of. But uh, it is weird, man. It's and it's just arbitrary weird. numbers, right? Like, it's like, to your point, like 100K now. So you, what's 100 to 999? Like, let's congratulate him because it hit the 100. It looks like it has two zeros, so it looks good. It's 100, right? Yeah. Or because, like, 23 to 20. Yeah. So 23 to jump to 20 out of 40, top 40 is like a what? Like a 6% or maybe In terms of bottom percent. line, like, royalties, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's negligible. It it's a nothing, joke. But it was a big deal. Because it's then two zeros. It's a clean number. Like, you know. Broke in with a top yeah. 20. I like, saying top it, 17 but. or saying top 15, right? But if you say top 17, well, then aren't you better with just saying top yeah. 20? Like, it's all just. It's, Semantics. Yeah, it's exactly. It's it is. And, it, and it it's is. interesting, right? Because like, yeah, like the market looks for those cues. And it's like, to your point about how the people on the radio, the radio team might not even be the best at what they're doing. It, that's the point, right? So many people find the jobs that they're also trying to validate themselves in that they're passionate about or maybe not passionate about. So they go into these jobs thinking, um, you know, I love this, but I'm also going to figure it out along the way. So they're also trying to figure out their job the best. And they're, they don't want to take a risk and look stupid and fall yeah. on their face. So they got to kind of take the status quo, find a little signal. Okay, I can jump on this now. Whereas, you know, the people who take the bigger risks move along in life and all that stuff. We, that we were sense. talking. I was, I was in the studio late last night and we were talking about the... So were we. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I heard. We were, we were talking about the balance between humility and extreme confidence as an artist. And one of my regrets from last year was bringing the humility I have in my day-to-day life into the studio and into my music career and trying to find a balance in that. And I say that because if you're not overly humbled by life, just take business away. Life is very humbling. You wake up, I wake up, I get humbled. I'm in a relationship, I get humbled. I just... Any person that doesn't have extreme humility for the insanity that is life and the confusing nature of life is probably not living in reality. So I brought a lot of that humility to my music career last year. And it's, I'm not, I don't know if I want to use the term regret, 
but there was many cir- circumstances where hey this guy has seven grammy nominations and you're on a zoom session with him and you just wrote for kanye and in my head i know i have an idea i want to contribute i don't like how his outro is i actually think we should change this lyric i don't like the structure of the song but my humility was okay yeah sounds good guys yeah don't worry you must know best and that I just kind of kept running with that for the entire year. And I even on my project, there are certain things I would have changed because, well, this guy's got a platinum plaque. He's working with me. I should probably have him have the last say on this record. Or I would have switched this, but, ah, man, this guy worked on this song. So maybe I should. And that humility, I think, um, I'm not going to say it was a regret, but it's finding a balance between when we're outside the studio, guys, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm just trying to have a good time and vibe out with my friends and fall in love ideally. That's the game plan. Yeah. <laughs> but in the studio, especially with the new project I'm working on as I close a chapter on the last one, now I'm going to speak up a little bit. I had a, a bit of success at radio. We did the millions of streams on the records. Now when we're in the studio, I need to say, actually, this is my record and I'm so happy you're collaborating with me, but it's got to be a little bit like this or yeah. we got to change this. So trying to find in a creative field, the extreme confidence, but not allowing that to spill into my personal life. That's like my goal this year is being a humble human being, but in the studio saying, I know what's best for Takis music. And you guys just have to listen. I know you guys are bigger than me and I know you guys got the plaques and, and everything, but this is my project and I need to have final say. And that that's probably the thing I think about last year is I was that kid like wide-eyed. I was like, wow, I get to work with this person. Wow. The, look at all these label execs that are like, and now I, I'm like, Hey, I'm not as green anymore. I need to have a little more confidence in this is my record. So I need to have final say in all of them. Um, but that's just a confusing thing that I would ask you guys about. Like, how do you balance having confidence in the podcast, having confidence on TikTok, and then having extreme humility, like in your life? Because those get blurry, man. Once I start getting feeling a little too confident because the record's doing good, I could like ruin my personal life, you know? So that's something I've been thinking about a lot. I I just want to say this and sorry to cut you off, George. Peter, you're one of the best speakers we've had on this podcast. (laughs) I appreciate that. Like, you you speak very clearly well articulated thoughts yeah like holy crap i was just listening to, i was like fuck this that's this is amazing thank you guys no, i appreciate we, it. we've done 170 <laughs> give or take we've had about 150 guests on and i'd say you're probably one of the best well you guys make me feel very comfortable and welcome man every time just I'm fucking here. beautiful the, the, way you, yeah, the way you speak so before we answer that question i'll let you answer first if you want but did you answer when i when i asked um when like the failure aspect of people approach it, did you want to add anything in? Uh, no, I think you guys oh. covered that. Okay, I wasn't sure. I felt like yeah, saying, I know. And I'm trying to make little weekly yeah, goals, you know, <laughs> daily, hourly goals. <laughs> trying to make sure I ask Ricky. <laughs> George is gonna be like, hey, by the way, do you remember that question I asked in the group chat the other day? Did you get a chance to answer that? Just yeah, that question you- asking in, in uh, 2012. I forgot. <laughs> about that. Did you answer? <laughs> no, but you guys both said it again. It's it's part yeah, of like yeah. human nature. Um, but the- uh, humility and and confidence. That stuff for me, TikTok is not real, right? Like. It's, I've, I've said this before. It's like my online persona. It's like almost like a character I have okay. online. So I don't I don't take it seriously. So it's very all like lonely, very lonely, yeah, sad no, guy. <laughs> no, but like, it, don't get me wrong. You got you go to the bar sometimes, and, and in Toronto, I get recognized at least once every time I go out from yeah, TikTok. It's like it's a guarantee now. I had my first picture taken with me actually a couple Love weeks it. ago. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but again, it's just for fun. And like a lot of times, sometimes people, if I'm with my friends and like someone come, hey, are you that guy for this? If you know I'm that guy, say hi. I got no problem. If you're like, hey, you kind of look like that guy. I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Yeah. They'll, they'll literally pull up my TikTok. I'm like, fuck, you look identical. I'm like, it's not me. <laughs> What's your name? Mark. 
like fuck you look exactly like this guy so you have fun with it but i know to me it's not real so it doesn't affect my life like to me the podcast is almost better like when you get like when we get like i don't know that johnny orlando episode and you've got 500 people resharing the photo we shared and you're like holy crap like our phones blew up that day with johnny orlando like he's not even like you know like a mega celebrity like i know when we had a couple friends anthony and ernesto they had um kyle from nelk on their podcast like yeah. that blew up yeah. like that was crazy big yeah. and you're like that kind of gets to you a little yeah. bit more but at the same time i and I, I think i can speak for george on this one too it's like we know who we are like we're, we're very grounded in who we are as people and like that's the most important thing like you can't let any of this external factors change who you are as people because mm. at the end of the day you know you have a big episode on the podcast you blow up, you get your two two minutes of fame or whatever. Boom, you're back to back to reality after TikTok. Yeah. You have a viral, you have a video that goes viral and does six million. And yeah, the next week all your videos tend to do fucking big numbers. A month later, you're back down to five thousand views or something. Like, it, 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 I think it tied into and and Rickonor, I think we're going with this. It's their, your point about how you know it's go 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 for a while and you're you know you're not on the road and it slows down. So like everything ebbs and flows, right? Yeah. But also you know even with records, some go out there hits, some don't. You thought you love them, whatever, and it's like you know a reality check. But in the biggest thing and we've, we've shared it quite a few times in this podcast is that like you don't know if things are going to be good or bad until many many years on the road, and even then you still don't know if they're good or bad because like you can try and like relate it. Okay, I did this and this outcome happened. Well, then, then a better outcome happens. Okay, well, was that correlated? Maybe I jumped the gun and that, you know, this didn't lead to this, but it led to that. And then something bad happens. And like, you just don't know what something's going to be. Could be good, could be bad. It's just how you look at it. And at the end of the day, even the bad, the worst, is probably good. If you know how to just take yourself out of it, remove your emotion and just say, like, okay, if I was someone looking from above and seeing this whole thing play out, you know, Again, whether it's a right or wrong scenario, whether it's I failed or I succeeded, it's like, what could I have done better? Where did I misstep? Possibly. Don't dwell on it, but let's pull that out. The next time I go to this circumstance, try different. Like, you know, maybe again, maybe next time you put a record out, maybe you think of the season you're going to send it out instead. So it's all about just framing it and putting things in perspective. And I think, like, that humbles you in and of itself because, yeah, we can have an episode that goes to 100,000. And the next week we go with our buddies in it, or we, it, we bring someone famous and it gets 100 views. And it's like, who cares? Did we have fun? That's all that matters. Maybe we released it wrong time on Monday morning. It would have done better Monday night or something, right? So I think you just take everything with a grain yeah. of salt. and this the, It's kind of like embracing uncertainty. And that was one of the lessons I had of just releasing control because there's so many uncertain factors. And I've had like two career-wise existential crises. I probably had more, but there's two that come <laughs> to mind. The big ones hit us There's with one I'll share with you because it, it literally... I was so shook when I, I was si so I'm in Vegas. I'm in a hotel room with with some artists that are I'm not gonna like name drop them, but they are you know they had a number one record. They're some of the biggest DJs in dance music. They are some of the most brilliant songwriters I've ever seen. And I'm Sorry, sitting there. I got some ideas. Of who I'm they soaking up game. I'm just like a kid, just happy to be in the room. I don't want to. I don't want to like drop anything. I've got my cup. I don't want to spill it on their floor. <laughs> you're like, I'm just how to like, you're going to hold the cup. Like, and I'm, and I'm trying to like soak up game thinking these guys just had a Grammy. They just came off a number one and number three and number five. These guys can't miss. Chain and smokers. I was literally possibly. thinking that, <laughs> I was thinking that too. Chain and smokers or dubs. One of the two. Right <laughs> and and one of the things that they had said casually was that they don't know if they could recreate their own success if they restarted today and i was like what i was like but you guys have all this experience you guys know how to write hits and you guys are you guys just did it he's like 
but we don't know if the timing would have happened there. And we got lucky when this viral moment happened. And like for literally like my idols who I thought have it all figured out to say, there's a lot of factors out of our control for that number one. Trust me, this person was actually supposed to be on verse two and it fell through. And then this person came on. So I remember just sitting there being like, dude, if my idols who I think have it all figured out just told me they don't have it figured out, I need to embrace uncertainty. There's no plan. When somebody that is that successful and has had that much experience says, well, if I lost it all today, I don't know if we could recreate it this year because times are different in EDM three years ago Mm -hmm. and this happened and this happened, this happened. I was sitting there being like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I need to sleep at night knowing there's a plan. Um, so that was a big moment to me of when somebody was humble enough to admit the uncertainty and the luck that they had in their career. It's very uncomfortable to accept that luck is a big factor in, in mm-hmm. huge records or huge careers. But, dude, that broke me for, like, solid three, four weeks. I really? was like, oh, no. Because you want to know that there's a plan. I wanted him to say, oh, yeah, of course we could recreate this. Of course, if I lost it all today, we could recreate it. Oh, and we'll tell you, this is the steps on how you should do it as well. That's what I need to sleep at night with. I need the checklist. But for them to say, actually, we don't have a checklist. We don't fully know how this happened. You, don't, you lived it and you don't know how it happened. That kind of blew my mind. But ultimately, it was a big lesson for me to say, wow, even the goats don't know if they have it all figured out and when admit I, luck. When I was, I think, honestly, I think we're like similar in that belief. And I was I probably... Like in my late twenties too, I was, I was the same way. Like you always, and I think most people want control. You want to know what's gonna happen, what's coming, because no one likes uncertainty. But I think I was around the same age, maybe even a little bit later, that I kind of realized, okay, like who cares what happens? Um, but it's scary. It, it is. It is. But to their point, like you know, the only thing that <clears throat> maybe not the only thing, but one of the most important things, and it's there's also a quote that like emphasizes this is, um, I don't know who said it, um, but it's the harder you work, the luckier you get. And at the end of the day, like. There's all there's a million of them. Luck is preparation meets execute. There's a bunch of cliche quotes, but at the end, like the only thing you can do, going back to everything we said, is like just put your head down, like do what you love, do it passionately, put your best foot forward, control the variables that you can control. You can control how that rec- like the records produced. We can control how how our app was built. Mm-hmm. Can we control how much people enjoy it? Not really. Um, there's things you can obviously do to help promote that. You guys also can't control what year it came out. And like, that's guys, timing is insane. Timing, timing is timing's insane. And Ricky brings that up like a lot. Like, that was you know one of the things too that we think played a factor. It's not an excuse for why like why we failed because yeah, you not can't an excuse at all. But it's but it's a good point, right? Like how many songs like especially in music like there's songs that were you know before their time that that pop off like that pop off later yeah. even six months later, right? Guys, love tonight shows. That song came out a year before it, became, it blew up. Yeah, the and song and was out for literally a in, year. Even when it was blowing up, like in Europe, it wasn't like a North American yeah. radio hit. Like it kept going. Like it kind of like went like the hockey curve, whatever yeah. it is, right? Like, um, but all honestly, all you can do is like just just work. And if you work, you're a good person. You treat people well. You put good energy in the universe. All those things. Like, typically things happen. Like there's always that that cliche. People say, "Well, why do bad things happen to good people?" Well, bad things don't happen to good people. Like it's how you look at it, first of all. But it's also if you're a good person and you work hard and love what you do, I, all those things. As you're saying that, I guess my belief is, if you put in ten thousand hours, you're a good person. You work, you grind it out, dude. You're gonna have a career in music. I yeah. promise you, ten years, you're gonna be a signed artist. You'll do your shows. But the gap between being a six figure year artist that does his shows in his markets. And being the number one artist in the world, maybe there's a, a luck gap there. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe in terms of like a startup, 
hey, if you grind it out for, for 10 years and you start a business, maybe this is enough for you to have a six-figure business. I'm almost certain that a lot of businesses can thrive, but are you going to be the next Airbnb? That There's probably a luck gap with for timing sure. and a million other factors. So maybe I could sleep at night knowing uh, things have worked out because there's just been work and, and almost anyone who put in as much work as I have would be in the same position, I think. But the gap there is something you just got to embrace. Like That's when, true. When's luck going to hit? I hope it is, but I'm just going to keep dropping records. Maybe yeah. it'll hit. Maybe it won't. Who knows? And, and part of the two is like putting yourself in the right circumstances, right? Is trying to like, um, as much as like you got to, when it comes to anything in the world, business, cra- creative, whatever, like you have to build a product. The product's got to be the best product, whatever that whatever that product is. But like, you know, this, this the sales and kind of personable, uh, being personable and all that, the social aspect, it does play a big role because the more environments you put yourself in, um, that also helps to, to produce those kind of outsized gains, right? Because you might be in a room and, you know, you bump into somebody that was a, a superstar DJ and say, hey, I really like this about your song, whatever. Can we can we work on something? Like, And if you're not putting yourself out in the world and in these positions, you might not ever get that opportunity. 100%. Sure, there's a lot of people that probably, you know, um, that maybe made it without doing that. Like, you know, they were just more focused on their craft and then it, and it hit and it went whatever. But I think, you know, doing that, like, you know, Getting out in the world, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or comfortable if you're a social person like, you know, someone like Ricky, it's sure he's not uncomfortable going and talking to meeting new people and that probably helps him get into certain circumstances. Um, yeah, I think it's just all about like the 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 work aspect and getting yourself out there and, and taking risks. And Since I just admitted my last midlife crisis, do you guys have any uh, existential crisis that, that have hit that come to mind? Any big ones? The first one I think of just like off the top of my head is like when I started, to, when we started to realize that like... Our, our startup was kind of like, you know, dead in the water, not dead in the water, but we're like, fuck, we're in a, we're in a rock and a hard place here. I was in an existential crisis. Be- well, maybe because we, we believe, like, we still believe in the idea that won't, that won't ever mm-hmm. change. Um, to your point about timing, that's one of the things that, that Ricky, like we both believe, but Ricky believes is one of the bigger ones. And I do as well. Cause a lot of our, and a lot of the investors we were trying to get to, to back the next big round were saying similar things. And, um, I'd say that was probably the biggest existential crisis is like, you know, we put, you put your blood, sweat and tears into it and you were hoping, you know, to keep doing it forever and work with your, you know, your best friends and having so much fun. It's like, shit, now we got to go back into like, you know, not jobs that we don't like because I personally still love what I do. I work with my family, but I was like, damn, like this is gonna, you know, running a startup is cool. It's chaotic and talking about uncertainty, holy shit, I've never had more uncertainty and doubt and like self-doubt probably in my life. Um, Cause like with a startup, you're literally building a. They say it's like you're building a parachute while falling out of a plane and hoping you get the parachute built before you hit the ground. Um, you know, it's wild. I always say, I've always thought that being an being a successful professional artist is one of the hardest things. Cause everyone wants to be an artist. Everyone has FL Studio. Everyone has Ableton. Everyone has a cracked Serato. It's very easy to get started as a musician. Wait, what was the last one? A cracked Serato, like oh, DJ yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I've always thought. I was like, oh, actually making it in music and the record deal, that's probably one of the hardest things of what I've seen. But by far, a social media startup, I actually say is by far harder than being an artist. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's a a zero-sum, not a zero-sum game, but it is like a, it is close to a zero-sum game because you have to have network effects to be a social network. Without network effects, you're nothing. And yeah, it's it's very, very hard. I don't want to make it all about social media, but even with with the rise of Clubhouse and what seems to be the fall of Clubhouse, that's a weird situation where 
that app came up at the right time. That was time. the same time we launched our the during a lockdown. Frames. During a lockdown, there's certain people I wanted to use it. It was very fun, and now what? What its valuation yeah. is has tanked. I could share a lot. The, I could go on like a thirty but, minute yeah, episode, no, but but what? Um, <coughs> I don't, don't want to get on that. But yeah, you you nailed that. Um, what was your existential crisis? To be honest, That's I haven't. Really, question. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really had one recently. Like even when we shut down Cast, like again, it sucked. Sorry, we haven't shut it down yet. It's still there, in the background. Um, It wasn't really that I had an existential uh, crisis. It's just you know that that's shitty. It's just you know something you worked so hard and you got to accept that you no matter how hard you've tried, it just didn't go as planned. It's the first time that like probably one of the first times in my life that I really put a hundred percent effort and. <clears throat> the outcome was didn't go as planned. You know, like, okay, I played hockey and, you, and I always tried hard at hockey, but it's like, did I try my hardest? No, I chose girls over hockey so many fucking mm-hmm. times and that's why I didn't make it anywhere and, I, and I'm okay with that. Well, with Caster's days where it's like, fuck, like, I literally think we tried fucking everything yeah. and it's, you know, it, it didn't work. And so that's kind of like, hey, I'm not invincible. You know, like, there's, there's things that you can go, try your hardest, do the best you can, think you're going to win and boom, you're not. Did it feel at all like a romantic breakup? Like you broke up with a girl? Oh, fuck yeah. Like there are similarities? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I checked the app randomly just for fun now because I'm like, <laughs> yo, maybe, maybe, you never know. Maybe it just magically I, blew up overnight somehow. Like I try to- You know, you like creep your ex-girlfriend on like stories or something. You're like, maybe she's posting about me or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to see how that would feel because when I'll have a song and it <clears> flops- whatever i'm gonna have a million more songs yeah that's a little bit of a breakup where it's like damn i love this song it's my baby but it's over or even like a a label that dropped me when i was a kid i always knew i was gonna get a new deal with new. so i always felt like there was more hope in creation but for a hard stop that feels like a breakup <laughs> yeah, yeah but thanks for rubbing it in no, I'm, I'm kidding i'm, I'm kidding. going through a breakup no, myself so I'll, i'm like we're getting uh, the same vibe. yeah yeah, Come yeah, yeah. Me, bro. you're good yeah it's um <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does feel like a breakup because it also like you're closing a chapter of your life, yeah. right? You move on to a new one. Um, you know, it, but also the way we but, went about and our and also too, like even with me, George, and DB, like we went from talking seven days a week, every day, almost all day long, like Zoom calls, Skype calls, or sorry, Google Hangouts, whatever we were using. We were talking almost every day, all day for like a year and a half straight. Well, that when we kind of stopped, like DB was like. I didn't talk to him as much where it's like, okay, me and George still have the pod, but like even me and you for like the first like two weeks after we stopped between, before we started the pod again, it's like, we didn't talk nearly as much. Right. So it's one of those things where it's, it is definitely like a breakup. Yeah. A hundred percent. It sounds like it, as you were describing, you know, you think this is the girl you're going to marry. You know, what is kind of awesome with you guys that I can observe. You just, you just said there's emotions like a breakup. I've had, uh, like I've, fired management in the past i've had switched agents in the past those are somewhat like breakups but like the fact that you guys are still friends is kind of like unheard of mm. like going through that much emotional stress and you guys are homies like that's cool rick and i've gone through a lot yeah. more like a lot over the oh, years yeah for oh, me yeah, for, yeah. Like, no no business no amount of money no it's pretty girl remarkable. no yeah. nothing is worth the friendships i have wow and I've, i can confidently say that i've I've had, you know, friends that have come and go and I've had friends that have chose women over my friendship and that's fine. And and I get that. That's where they're, that's what, that's what means more to them. To me personally, I've said this family and friends, there's nothing more valuable in this world than the people you choose to spend your life with. So how were you guys able to mix business with friendship? And then when a business did it pretty good, having a good leader. Yeah. 
That's good. We actually, uh, that's no, it's, I would say that's one thing that, um, like, bec- so, um, Ricky and I come from, uh, family business backgrounds, entrepreneurial families. So, um, you know, I can probably speak for both of us, like growing up around our fathers, seeing how they conduct themselves in business and like, kind of like, they're both very similar guys, you know, very, um, operate very like ethically, like good mm-hmm. businesses, you know, believe by doing the right thing. So we weren't raised, we were raised similar to, to believe like, you know, this is how you do good work, treat people well, you know, do good things, build a good product, be honest, don't lie, cheat, steal. Um, so that, you know, gives us the, the, the moral values, if you will, to go into the business world and operate something. On top of that, um, you know, we've been fortunate to, to have opportunities in life. You know, our parents, um, you know, like we've, we've been, yeah, been very fortunate. Like we've lived a very blessed life, if you will. Um, not to say we've given the world, but our parents never held back on giving us like opportunities to do what we wanted when we wanted it. So that meant that we were doing like, you know, we were not incentivized by the money. Sure. Do you dream about, wow, imagine it's turned into a billion dollars. You see clubhouse valuations going to a hundred million in the first round with a thousand users. We're like, we have a thousand users. So like, yeah, the money does motivate you in some capacity. You're like, you know, we can make enough to retire and our kids can retire. But because we, the money's not the only thing motivating us, we're doing it for the reason we believe in the mission and, and that, you know, trying to solve some problems with social media, that didn't get in the way because money can be very, very, um, very toxic in, uh, amongst like friends and business, especially when you're mixing both, right? You, want, you feel like someone's doing more, someone's doing less. We definitely had moments where we were like, push, like pushing those buttons and getting a little bit into it. It's when times got tough. Um, I, my role was like CEO. So I, you know, took the, took command and took the lead on a lot of things. So I can be, um, I put, I push a lot, like, 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 you no, know, like get the, try to get the most out of people. So, you know, those get tough and you have to be careful pushing people too far mm-hmm. and taking things like the wrong way. Cause you're buddies and everyone's, you know, we're trying to balance a million things. Um, but yeah, we all knew our roles. We all worked at our, at our task. We didn't blame anybody for anything. We, we took responsibility as, you know, as, uh, as adults, man, whatever you want to say. And, and we were able to get through it. Like even the days where we would have blowups for whatever, like the next day, we're like, we're not the next day. Like at the end of that day, we're like, Hey, let's all just chill out. Like, what are we doing here? We have the same goal. Like we're friends. There's none of this matters. At least I'm, unless I'm remembering anything. No, 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 you're good. We all had the same, at the end of the day, our, our end vision, our end goals all aligned. And it's like, there were days where we'd fight and butt heads and like, we'd go at it. And it's like, Hey, we all know our roles. We all have the same shared passion and vision. And there was days where me and George argued. And at the end of the day, there was times where I was like, you know what? Hey, when, when we started this, I said, George, like, yo, we were 50-50 on it. I was like, George, this was your idea. Like, again, I was brought, we changed it. We developed yeah, it, it together. Mm-hmm. It was our idea. But like the initial first thing, so I was like, George, like, I got your back. Like, if you think this is the right way, I disagree, but I'll follow you into it with this, man. I got you. Like, and that's the idea of like a friendship, right? It's yeah. not like, okay, well, I own 50%. You own 50%. Fuck you. Let's go. Let's take yeah, this to the board. We had a lot it's of like, mutual respect for each yeah, other. Yeah, I was even, like, yeah. Even DB, who comes from a background, like he comes from like an IT background, never ran a business. Um, Mind you, we never built a startup, but we like no, didn't have the kind of the business savvy, if you will, that because um, Rick's actually even built up his own company in the past. Um, Crown Dead. So he boop. so he deferred DB would always defer to us on those kind of things, but he also provided input on, on areas that we didn't know, so we would defer to him. Like we showed each other a lot of respect, and that's really important. Again, you're gonna run into roadblocks. Working with friends is hard. Like yeah. it's not an easy thing to do. I've done it in the past, um, not like. Um, building business wise but like hiring people that you know, I used to be buddies with a lot younger didn't really have the um, how to navigate the world enough to know how to handle that um, you know obviously before jumping into work with any of your friends you have to know who you are and what you yeah. want in life and all that because if you're not self aware if you make excuses if you're someone who's you know likes to blame like you have all these things it's not going to work out if you're someone who's very like 
you know, I want to do this, but I'm going to be, I'm going to uphold my end of the bargain and that's all I can do. Again, I focus on what I can do. We work together, but if I'm doing my best and controlling it, I got to make sure that we're all firing together. Um, whatever happens, happens. It's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, like Ricky and I have known each other a long, long time. We've gotten in fights left, right, and center. Um, Out of all but, my best friends, George is the one I fight with the most. Yeah. No question about I think, I was thinking about the other day, I think most people that said that about me, that I, they fight with me more than anybody yeah. ever. <laughs> like I've got my, my roommate at Western, we were, we're best friends. Now I don't see him as much anymore, but we went four years, lived together for four years, didn't get in one fight. Me and George, we fight once every like two or three months. It's wild. Like easily, and we don't even live together. Imagine that's how we, we never, that's how we never did that. Exactly. We could never live I think together. like, I was thinking about this the other day, like in terms of working with your friends or business partners, like they've seen you at your highest and your lowest if you've been through enough. One of my best friends, name's Ryan, he started as a kid with a camera. They used to just try to take iPhone photos. Now he's my creative director, tour photographer, the person he's been with me. What's his name? What's his name? Ryan what? Ryan Craven. Shout Ryan out to Craven. Ryan. He's been with me from Mexico to every U.S. show. He's literally been there, and he's seen me first time EDC Mexico when I'm like emotional on the main stage. He'll be like, "Dude, as if you." And got I want to hold this because this is a this is a good moment. I want to talk about after. But he's also seen me in New York City, ready to quit music because I just had a show where no one showed up. Like he's he's wow. seen that. He's seen when I was in Houston. And I'm like, dude, just got dropped by my label. I can't afford an iPhone charger. Can you spot me your iPhone charger? Literally not having $15 and being in the middle, of, like doing a show, just trying to figure it out. And he's seen me sign deals. And he's been there when, you know, when I was with Tori recording here in Toronto and he's seen these ups and downs. I was like, dude, we've been through a lot together. There's been some beautiful moments and some of the darkest moments, but that kind of reminded me of what you guys have. Like you guys have probably had some, wow, this is a win and also some, wow, we're taking else today. Well, on the road trip, just <laughs> on that road trip. If you think about the highs and lows on that trip. Cause I always say the, the road trip's the best, worst experience of my life. Best because like, you know, remember day, I think day, day one, we broke our record. Like day one of our road trip, we're in Buffalo and Syracuse and we broke our record for most downloads in a day. Then we went to like Boston. Like in a week. Like in a week. We broke the records for like downloads in a, a week, week in yeah. two days. In two days. So. We went to, yeah, Danielle and Becca were there too. So we went to Boston the next day. It's fucking pouring. This is during Hurricane Ima or something. We're, it's pouring. We're in Boston. We, we go to Boston College. Can't find a single place to park. We pull up. Like nobody's there. We're like, fuck this. It was a day like sucks. this. Like, very, it, like, no, it was worse than rainy. this. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go to Boston U. We find the fucking most ideal parking spot of the whole trip, probably. Like, just we found two spots on the side of the road, right in front of a main building, where we're shockingly allowed to park. Like, we're actually allowed to park there. Like, there was a bike lane, so we opened up over the bike lane and we just set up shop. And we literally, I think we did like twelve hundred downloads or something. Oh, it was like our best day ever by a mile. Amazing. Like, we had broken the day, the previous record that was our record the day before. Like, just fucking killed it. We go. Boom, we take off and just destroy the fucking RV. Like from this high, high, high to this fucking low. Damn. And then we go to Home Hardware. We're trying Let's to buy see. tools to fucking fix it. And we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, but one thing to pause that too. So that's like the other thing too, the beauty of like, um, and maybe not. Maybe it would be normal if we were just colleagues. But because Ricky and I are so close, the girls are there too. But like, that's more me and Ricky thing. We were amped up. It's our company. We're driving the RV. And like, I won't say who, but one of us caught in the driver's seat. When it happened, we're both like fuck, we both fucked up. Like it's not like one of us at fault. Yeah, the person driving it moved it, 100%. but like, but I'm like, like it. And it sucks. We were like fired up. We're like we're gonna get like clam chowder. We're gonna sit in the Boston bar, and it happened. And our first reaction wasn't like, oh, you know, you're an idiot. It's like we're just like, how the fuck did this happen? 
And then we get out, we figure it out. Everyone's trying to, like, we're like girls. They, they had it. No one had showered. We're like, go. F- you guys left, right? You guys, they left to go shower. Me and Rick are like, we're going to figure this out. We start getting on the horn, start calling places. We go pull up to a mechanic shop. The guy looks at it. He's like, whoa. He's like, we, we can't fix this. He's like, pardon? Yeah, it was hurricane, during Hurricane, hurricane Ida, Ida, too. So that was Ida, raining like crazy. But, um, like, that's another thing, right? Like, being friends, like, you also have to know, like, again, you have to be able to put your, like, emotions away. Put, like, you know, there's no blame games. You have to be like, hey, we're, like, we're in this together. We ride or die together. Everything good, bad, and, and yeah. otherwise is not me as the CEO and you as the CMO. Like, or not you, uh, me as the driver. You Like, you are a unit. And if, as like, that's one of the things, too, I uh, that helped teach me as well is, like, less about, you know, uh, running the startup and all that. Less about, like, me and what I contribute. It's, like, it's us. More it's about everyone. Us yeah, it's like a relationship, yeah. right? So it's, you know, we and, and all that. So um, anyways, like that also taught us a lot because like, you know, what what's the, what good is it going to be to sit there and blame like anyone for a failure or this? You're both responsible. It's like you're equally at fault, equally get the wins and all that. So um, where was I going at this point? That bro trip taught us a lot about yeah. that. But like that was one of the big things. And if you're going to like, again, working with friends and, and all that, like you have to be able to just be responsible and be able to accept the fact that like, you know, share the ups and the downs together. Like yeah. you're going to ride them out. And, it's like uh, you look at that different people have different thresholds for highs and lows and like when i was for you know younger some some little thing would happen parking ticket i'm like yo this is out of my threshold when you're like 17 right <laughs> and nowadays like my threshold is like it's like dude nothing cars can getting told me. nothing could surprise <laughs> me you could call me and just tell me the craziest thing i've ever heard and i'd be like all right let's figure it out like it, it that is very interesting the highs and lows also create this intense stress threshold where it's like dude like not a lot can stress me out right now not a lot you also need someone to counter counterbalance you. I don't know how how your your um your buddy the uh, what's his name Ryan. Ryan. Like I don't know if you guys are like similar opposites, but like Ricky and I are very similar in certain regards, but also in the ones that probably matter most were opposite because I can be very like I get angry. Like, not angry, I get like very like what's the word? I don't agitated. Know. Agitated, irritable. Thank you. Both great words. Um that's very true. We came up with those quick, eh? Rick is Rick is yeah, <laughs> irritable for a thousand dollars. Ricky's very optimistic. Always. I was going to say those are very two quick, very, very yeah, yeah. quick. That's replies. why I know if I can't get the word. That's why I'm. See, I'm like I also don't have enough of an ego that like it's going to hurt my feelings. Like I know they can say it better than I can, right? Like they see it day to day. Um, so, anyways, but like the, the point is, we also counterbalance each other. So, like going to work together and all that. You know, I could be more aggressive, more antagonistic, more irritable. Ricky is also equally like you know he can get the best out of people and all that stuff, but also very like he believes. We both believe the startup's gonna work no matter what. Ricky believed the RV was gonna fix itself when the thing broke. He's like, yeah, yeah, it'll it's gonna go back figure, on. We'll figure this out. Yeah, we like he's just always happy. And like I believe it too, but I give him a little skew more realist, I guess. So having on it like a insane optimist is also a good thing. At times you're like, okay, relax, like this is like gotta bring it down. But you need that. You need people to be the yin and the yang, right? Because we have DB as well, who's maybe a little more on this side. So we bro, all not a little bit, bro. That's the most <laughs> pessimistic man we know. No, but not anymore. He's changed. Nah, he's but changed. See, the startup changed him a little. But bit. yeah, if, if he was on that RV trip the day we broke the RV, he he'd be like, all right, we got we got to go home. <laughs> yeah. We got to go home. Let's take this back home. Let's fix it. And then it was like, no, bro, so, we're carrying yeah. on. Yeah. So to your point as well, like you know, having that threshold, you also want to have people around you that also have that threshold in some capacity, or people that are on the. Ex- Maybe on the extremes, right? If you're gonna be with people that are, you know, super cynical, bring someone super optimistic. Just know how to how to build this thing. Because if you're all just cynics, yeah. you're yeah. all gonna be miserable all the yeah. time. You know, that's I, that reminds me of like you guys know Eric's my co-manager. Yes, yeah, Eric. 
always optimistic. Yeah. Dude's like something Sounds happy go happen. lucky. Yeah. He'll get on the phone with me by the time I'm off the phone. I'm like, ah, maybe things are going fine. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe the song's doing all right. So definitely having an extreme optimist is very, very helpful, mm-hmm. especially in this business. But you also have to be that as well. And I want to ask you, like, um, as a as a as a creative, as an artist, like, do you um do you believe every time you you put a track out, you're like, this is going to go platinum. Whether you believe it to the shadow of a doubt, but like, do you like, do you tell yourself that? Do you believe that's going to happen? Like, what's your philosophy, like mind, mindset around that? I, for me, I, I can tend to be overly romantic about putting out projects and telling stories. Like my last project, I had a story. I wanted every song to have a purpose. So I understood there were certain records where I just had to say something as a songwriter where I, I kind of knew I'm like this tempo or maybe the feature wasn't huge on it or maybe the label knew it wasn't for radio or it came out too close. There's a million things. But for me, no, absolutely not. There's some records where I'm like, this is a hit and I'll have the confidence and thankfully my team has the confidence and the label has the confidence. But there are records where I'm just like, I had to say this as a songwriter. It needed to be on the album period Mm -hmm. um and i have no expectations in terms of those but i i don't know i could be overly romantic about putting out songs just like for my spirit versus for the business yeah i i could definitely be that way but that kind of reminds me of my recent uh my most recent existential crisis which is oh here we go (laughs) this this one's recent okay i'm still you know figuring it out so october november my first project comes out um, my first time on U.S. Dance Radio, and I pl- go to EDC to premiere a song, and I, I everything was going as good as it could go career-wise. So I'm feeling great. October, November, this is the happiest I've been career-wise. And like health-wise, I wasn't really drinking much. I was getting a little cardio. I was feeling good. I was in a rhythm. <laughs> health-wise, I'm doing good. Cheesy alert, beat this out. I was also falling in love with someone. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, fitness is good. My career's booming. The project's out. I'm hot right now. I'm on tour. And I'm in love. That period of time, I wrote, and I'm not exaggerating for effect, the worst songs I've ever wrote in my life. Come the on. most elevator music, bubble gum. <laughs> I couldn't write a good song. I could not write a good record this entire period. So I'm like, oh, it's a coincidence. Maybe I was traveling a lot. It's no big deal. January hits. Shows are getting canceled. I just had a run canceled because a new pandemic lockdown. I'm starting to get a little angry at my label because the record didn't hit yet. That is hitting now. I'm starting to send those emails where I CC everybody. I'm frustrated. <laughs> Labels bothering me now. Touring's bothering me now. Have a breakup. Heartbroken. I was writing nothing but hits that month. <laughs> so I was. I'm literally sitting here being like, I have a Dropbox folder. I'm like, this was made when I was happy play i was like i can't even show this anyone this is made when i'm happy why did i say that that was such a cheesy line this is when i was depressed hit hit those are gonna be the songs that are on the upcoming project this spring and summer so my current existential crisis was as an artist and specifically as a songwriter do i have to have angst do i have to be anxious do i have to have some resentment to something for me to write a good song and that's kind of something i've been thinking a lot about because that's not a very optimistic view of the future as an artist but for me, I just, I guess like writing a song as a songwriter being in the studio, I just, I feel better writing about heartbreak. I feel more honest listening to songs. Like even if you're on Spotify, 
if you're listening to a song that kind of has like some grit to it, you like it, but just a purely happy record, those like bubblegum records have never been for me. So that's my current um, crisis I'm dealing with right now is do I have to be somewhat unhappy to write good music? I'm hoping that's not the case long term. Do you think you'll be, be like now that you're kind of aware of it, do you think that you can find a way to channel it, bottle that up in some capacity without actually having to put yourself through that? Like, That's probably a skill that I probably just haven't got to yet. I'm sure that's the skill, but you hear it all the time. Like being, you guys know you used to DJ, right? Yeah. DJing. Thanks for remembering. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) This is, this is like my, my, what I've learned over the years. Being a DJ. It's so easy. Like, give anyone 30 days and I could show you how to put together a very competent set and you'll mix and it'll be done when you want to start we'll start (laughs) tomorrow Rick's Rick's not the best I would play the cheesiest mashups you've ever heard it's left right and center so I realized I was like okay and you like it so so, go ahead DJing it's very easy then I was like well it must be like harder to produce then you realize with all the new softwares and YouTube tutorials that are in abundance and Splice comes out where there's samples I was like oh there's a lot of kids that could produce really good music. That's not going to differentiate. So now you can't, being a good DJ doesn't differentiate you. Being a good producer now, and my final realization was, oh, wow, you have to be a great songwriter. You have to write catchy top lines that make people feel something. That's the thing that's still rare. And the reason it's rare isn't because it's hard to write melodies. It's because you have to have a lot of life experience to write the words in those melodies. So someone has to go through it. You have to be one of those starving artists living in a van in L.A. for you to write that hit record that changes your life. Or you have to have a relationship where you have heartbreak in order to write that. So a big lesson was, oh, wow, being a great songwriter is the rarest thing in music. Everyone wants to work with the songwriter that writes the hits. But you don't do that because your melodies are cool. You do that because you have this very personal story to share. So, I mean, hopefully I could live a peaceful life and still write good songs, but I'm very skeptical because I was on a run where I promise you, I was so happy. I was, there was like hearing birds chirping for a good two months. I was great. But every song, it was just, it was really rough. And the moment I started feeling frustration about my career and personal life, it was like, damn, this album's going to be crazy. All these songs are incredible. So, uh, yeah, that's my current existential crisis. And there wasn't a happy ending to this because I'm still battling it every single night. Yeah. <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> That's, no, I was just saying that was um, do you think do you think you guys are most creative or inspired when you're frustrated? Almost. It's a good question. I was like, that's the one I want to jump in on. Um because it's interesting, right? Like artist is like, you know, creative release when you're an art an artist in any form. But you've I talked mean, about proving people wrong. Your TikToks, you're like, I want that is angst. You're not like, hey, all my friends support my TikTok. I'm gonna keep doing it. No, you're like, I, I have to do I, it. I actually have an answer, um, a bit of an answer for this. I'm gonna try and keep it artic- well articulated and concise. Um <laughs> I a lot of things I like I I think uh, used to do were motivated by like wanting to show someone hey I can do this like I uh, you can't tell me what I can do and um, I think it's a a good, it's a good and bad skill of mine well good and bad quality um, now I think it's good but it was good and bad because it was good because I was um, I was wanting to prove people wrong in the sense that prove them wrong that like don't typecast me I can do whatever the hell I want to do like if you tell me I can't. You know, run a startup. Yes, I can. Tell me I can't buy a dog. I'm going to go buy a dog. I've, I've done both those things. But uh, I, it motivated me to want to prove people that, hey, yeah, they're like, don't, you know, I'm more capable than more than you think. On the other hand, when I felt people would like, you know, um, wrong me in some capacity or whatever, similar to maybe Rick, I'd be like, 
oh, I'm going to show them. They're going to regret like doing that. I'm going to prove to them like I'm better or they're going to like, you know, they didn't download my app. Well, they're going to regret it when my, my app goes up to a million downloads. And recently I started thinking about this. I actually talked to my girlfriend about it. I was like, I was like, you know, I think doing things for the, and I don't know if I'm answering this question the right way, but like doing things for those reasons, I stopped to think about it. I'm like, I'm like, what do I have to prove to this person? Like, I'm doing this to then be able to say to myself, hey, like I showed you guys I could do it, but also like I showed you that like, you know, you didn't show me the respect then. So like now, you know, look where I am now kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's, I don't think it's something that I consciously thought of, but at the back of your mind, you always want to like prove people like, like, look, I made it. Look, what, what, what are you doing kind of thing? Um, it's it's kind of crazy to think that a lot of the amb- over ambitious, the reason we're so crazy, like this, what you guys tried to do was, it was con- would be considered crazy being a starving artist being okay literally having eight dollars to your name for a year as an adult like you only do that because you're crazy yeah but it is interesting to think how much of that was pure inspiration for i absolutely love music purely i absolutely love his app and how much was it just like a chip on your shoulder and it's very interesting to analyze and it's probably different in everyone even part of it like for myself i did like why i like my reason for jumping into cast leaving the idea but also like you know, Ricky always brought this up. Like, I'm a guy who will come up with ideas left, right, and center. Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to use a cliche like, you know, I'm a dreamer and visionary and all that stuff. But that's just what I like to do. I like to think about ideas. It doesn't matter what it's in. I literally, what are you laughing about? Oh, oh you're laughing about me. Um, this is really coincidental timing. Yeah, I just like, I, that's what I like. I don't like discussing like, you know, I don't, I, I'm always thinking like, like what's next? What's in the future? What can this be? Whatever. That's just how my brain works. Um, but I would never act on them. And then at a certain point, I had enough people saying, oh, you always have ideas and you never act on them. So I'm like, fuck this. I can do this. And it, where am I going at this point? Um, it it showed me that like, okay, that motivated me to go do something. So like the, the one to prove somebody wrong motivated me. But it's interesting because in the end, like did I do it for them, for myself, probably a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. Like you, I shouldn't have to do it to prove anyone wrong. I should do it because I feel happy doing it and I should be like, okay, I can go do this. If I, if I want to do this, I don't need someone to tell me that I can't do it to go do it or that I don't do it to go do it. Maybe the purest goal as we get older in 10, 20 years is that you could start something strictly from this is creative inspiration and I can make something great where you're totally removed from the I want to do it because of a chip on my shoulder. Maybe I'll get there in 10 years. I could write a song happy <laughs> or you guys could pursue a very difficult idea just based on being interested in the idea and uh, you don't need that motivation. Maybe that's a maturity thing yeah, yeah. that we just haven't yeah. fully hit. I, I got two comments on that. The first is, as you were talking about like doing things because of other people and proving them wrong, I stayed in my university program in second year university because I didn't want people to think I was an idiot and I got kicked out. Half my class got kicked out between first year and second year. And I knew if I left, if I switched, people would think I got kicked out because I, was, I didn't you know, ace every test, but I made it in. And I stayed in because I didn't want people to think about it. And I remember like that moment vividly because I'm like, that's, I, di- I cared about what other yeah. people thought, right? And I didn't. So that's one thing. Second thing, going back to the original question on, you know, do you feel most creative when you're happy or, or sad or something? And I'm not, like, I guess I'm kind of a creative person, but in terms of like my life right now, I'm not really doing it outside of the podcast. I'm like, I, TikTok's not really creative to me, but I'm like as happy as I've, I've ever been. And my work life is doing as well as it possibly could. And I don't know if it's just because of all the work I've put in the back end and in previous years now I'm seeing you know, the, all the fruits are, all the flowers are blossoming, whatever that expression is. 
but right now it's like I feel like I'm working the least almost and I'm getting the absolute most outcomes. And it's like maybe it's just because I'm so happy that when I'm working and I'm just very efficient. I don't know what it is. I haven't mm-hmm. been pointed it. But this year, 2022, should have been – it could have potentially been a very bad year for me. You know, like I've been single for fucking two years now, give or take. Had a failed startup where we lost, you know, six figures, like a lot of money. You know, that's a fucking massive bummer. You know, I'm fucking 31 now. Like half of my friends are in serious relationships, engaged or married. Like, you know, it could be a fucking shitty year. The beginning, we just said it was going to be a fucking great year. I think you said it too. I said it. A bunch of us said it was going to be a great year. And fuck, I don't know if we manifested the hell out of it, but 2022 is hands down one of the best years of my life. Amazing. Amazing. And it's just like in all fucking aspects. Amazing. Except for my love life. But even then, it's fucking great because it's just not bad. It's so not bad that it's great. But see, also for your point, like you, everything is falling into place for you. So it's not like you're like, oh, you know, I, you know, like, oh, I don't, I don't have this. So I need to go find a girlfriend. Like you, everything is going the way you want it to. Yeah. So you don't need to rush to go find something to make you yeah. feel good about something. Like you're just doing what you do, whatever, yeah. whatever comes of it, comes of it. Like I've had people like, be like, oh, you know, you have. I know X amount of girls like sign into your DMs. Like, why don't you just pick one? So I'm like, well, I don't want them. Well, then don't bitch about being single. It's like, I'm not bitching about being single. I'm getting paid. Oh well, yeah, I'm getting paid. But too, it's like I'm making relatable comments and jokes yeah. because that's what I do. Yeah. That's my that's my shtick. Well, sorry, go ahead. I, don't um, off. I was gonna say to his point, like about making music that you want to be relatable and all that stuff. Yeah. Like. It you know evidently no it's what works yeah. right. People want things that are relatable. Like you can go you know you think if Jeff Bezos went out and made a song about being a trillionaire, people are gonna be like, wow, sick song. No, you can't re- like you just can't relate to it. It could be an objectively great melody and all that yeah. stuff. He can go paint the painting with the, you know all the money in the world and all that, but like it's that, gotta be relatable. Your, but in your TikTok presence, that's very similar to. I felt like I started being a I'm consider, I consider myself a good songwriter. There's great ones, trust me. I'm nowhere near. But good not because of talent and melodies cuz that's not there. It's because I could go in and say this is the specific story we're going to share and this is the concept. This is like I have stories from my past and life experience and that's the best songwriters in the world. I've been through a lot of pain, ups and downs. Emotions. But when you talk about your relationship TikTok, that happened because of what you just said 2 years of single life experience. Yeah. So that doesn't happen like you have to have life experience for the content to be relatable. It doesn't matter if it's TikTok or music or this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I also will say that you are pretty creative. So TikTok this morning, <laughs> one of them was actually probably one of your better ones. Hey, is it the one of me with the the meme, <laughs> the Jake Layman one? No, it was the one where the walking. It's like how many girls do you have? Yeah, whatever. Jake Layman. That's, that's that that's was great. So I I'm not gonna lie, I kind of took it from. I was Hood gonna Mills. say, no way you thought of that. No, well, Hood Mills, Hood Mills used it, and I credited him. So it's um. It's so a good Jake Layman. Jake Layman is a player for Minnesota Timberwolves. So he's walking on the court, and some dude's like, "Hey, Jake, how many minutes you play today?" He walks by, looks, and goes zero. <laughs> so I saw that, and then uh, so Hood Meals, like one of like our like mine and George's favorite TikTokers, or whatever you want to call him. Okay, we actually hung out with him too. Yeah, he's a funny dude. <laughs> actually, I talked to him last week. I'll yeah? tell you after. But he made a TikTok. He's like. Uh, how many females did you use to get 4 million followers on TikTok? And it's like him just doing the walk and then it transitions into the meme. I saw that and I was on my walk. As I saw that, I stopped my walk at Roy Thompson Hall. I set up my phone on the ledge of a window. As people are literally like walking by me, I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, this is creative. I haven't seen many people do it yet. I'm going to do this one. Literally. And I did it in like one take. I didn't even do it well, but I'm like, this is just like... I. My rule is like if it takes me more than 10 minutes to make a TikTok, I'm done. I can't make it anymore. 
I did it first shot. I'm like, oh, this could be so much better. But I'm like, I've just fucking, I'm laughing in my head. I'm like, that's it. I'm posting it. That was it. Did it like 30 seconds. It's good. Very wall. creative. That was a good one, man. I do occasionally get creative. Occasionally. I like it. My, like, my best tick, well, it's not my best uh, in terms of like hits, but um, the one where it's like, I'm spitting out water. Yeah. Have you seen that one? That, so it's a long story short. It's a, tick, it's a guy, um, some dude from LA came up with it or whatever, but he's like drinking a, a uh, he's having a drink. He's like, "Hey, do you want a drink?" She's like, "No, I can't." Why? He's like, "Oh, it make it. It makes my legs. It hurts my legs or something." He's like, "Why? Do they hurt?" He's like, "No, they spread." Oh, it's bad for the. It's bad for my legs. Why? Do do they swell? No, they spread. Right. So I saw, and he's holding the glass, and I'm like, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna spit the drink out at the end," and he doesn't. So I'm in the Houston airport at like midnight by myself, like just the longest travel day of my life. It's a long story. I won't get into it, but I saw it. I'm like, wow, he, this guy just missed the mark on this. So I did it and I spat the drink out. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, this is great. This is funny. And it's the only TikTok I've made that I really thought was funny that went viral. Cause the ones that I think fu are funny don't go viral ever. I'm like, Oh, for 30 crazy. Except for this one. No, no, it's not one went viral. That's my story. You said something here I was going to try and remember to ask you, but now I can't. Now I lost it. Um, Too busy trying to remember to ask questions uh, to remember what your questions were. Yeah. What? Oh. Oh. She was um, hood meals. That was interesting. Um, okay. but Because we are starting to hit that, that mark. I want to ask you about EDC. I saw that. I think I messaged you too, Georgie. I was like, yo, he's on fucking main stage. Like, this is wild. Give us the rundown on that. So, like, Also, like, what's it like to get that phone call? Well... <laughs> Or that story, whole yeah. month and week, this is like no artist that's at my level will explain this part of it, but I will because you guys are my friends and I'm Fuck honest. yeah. But the amount of yes phone calls you have to say for ridiculous things when you're just trying to say yes to every opportunity is insane. Like that week, I flew to New York for 12 hours because SiriusXM was going to take a meeting about a record they were going to play. Like literally, like you you say yes to stuff like that. And I had a record called Closer with Andrew Rael, a friend of mine. Yeah. He brought me out at Rebel on Friday, which is super fun. It was crazy. And we had the record. We did the Sirius XM thing. Then I had to fly to Winnipeg for a hometown show. And then we did Toronto for the video shoot. And he FaceTimed me. He's like, dude, I'm playing the EC main stage. We got to premiere the record. Like, we're dropping it the next day. We need to premiere the record together. And I'm just like, dude, like, you have to say yes to everything. I'll go to Vegas for 24 hours to play a song for four minutes because that's what it was. Um, so, yeah, that, that period of my life was being somewhere for 12 to 24 hours because a small opportunity, a small meeting. One radio promoter decided he'd talk to me. One person said, let's premiere a song at EDC. Let's go to L.A. for a 45-minute songwriting. That's kind of how my life was last year. It was say yes to everything, and, and EDC was just one of those things where Andrew said, hey, it's going to be great. We got to premiere the record. We got to do it right. And I'm like, am I going to go to Vegas for a four minute performance? This is, I'm like, I have to, let's rock it. Let's make it happen. And I was flying into Toronto Saturday initially for studio sessions. He, Andrew hits me up. He's like, I'm at Rebel on Friday. You think you can switch your flight? Let's just, the song's doing well still. It's still radio. Can we play the record? Opportunity. I'll be there. I don't even ask. I just check WestJet, see if I get a deal. And keep yeah. it, you know? I'll put you on the points, but I'll oh, get you on my, on my, my our scoop. I'll be fly for free. Um, um, so that was that. That was that was EDC Vegas, and it was. My, it's obviously it doesn't even feel like there's people. It just looks like ants. You can't even tell what it's like, and that was amazing. 
I got to play EDC, my own set EDC in Mexico City a few years ago, and that was incredible. I mean, I was on at like 5 p.m. for that. Andrew was on at like midnight for everybody, so it was like, it was kind of like night and day, but it was an amazing experience. It was it was great. It was great. It's One of the so things sick. that you're saying kind of circles back to a point about like when I said earlier, like put yourself in the right circumstances and put yourself in like opportunity, just like be and willing you, to say you, yes you to kind everything. Of, that's what you kind of encapsulated it everything. better by saying that. Like you just have to just put yourself out there. You have to do stuff again. Like you got to be willing to do it, do everything and anything. If that's what you want to do, whatever it is you want to do in life, anything associated with that. Anytime somebody asks something, if they ask you a favor and you don't want to do it, just, just do it. What is the worst that would happen? That it literally, it happens every week. Like even going back to doing the record with Tori, I got a call. I was in Winnipeg with four dollars to my name. Hey, come to Miami. He likes the record. We want to record it tonight. I'm like, how am I gonna? Like, can my credit card take this? Like, this is years ago. Trying to figure this out. Fly to Miami. He flew back to Toronto. Can we do it Toronto tonight? I'm figure. I'll fly back to Toronto just for a session, just because someone said, hey, they listen to my song. They might jump on it. And those opportunities, uh, you know, you just instinctively say yes and accept all the L's that come along the way. No, Rick, but this, I want to add one thing. Ricky would be the best artist then because this guy says yes to any 12, 24-hour trip. Amazing. Yeah. This I, guy would be everywhere on the world every day. No, I, I say it's like, like and Georgie knows, like, I'm big on like shoot or shoot. Like, you know, take your fucking shots. Like, at the end of the day, if you want anything in life, you have to be willing to take your shots and you're going to miss, you're going to miss way more than you fucking sink. Like, we talk about the best baseball players in the fucking world hit 33%. Of course. You know, their batting average is 33-33, basically. That's like, those are your top-end guys. So it's like, yeah, you're going to get a bunch of no's. You're going to take a fuck ton of L's. You're going to put out a bunch of songs that don't fucking do anything. But again, all it takes is that one. Takes that one. All it takes is that fucking yeah. one moment. Of course. Where it fucking, you know, the flick turn, the, the light switch turns on, and you get that, you know, aha moment or whatever it is in anything in life. Like, I don't know. You just want to put yourself in as many positions as possible oh, yeah. to to get where you need to get. Like, that's why me in general, in my life, if I get invited to things, there's a 95% chance that if I'm available, I say yes. 100%. Like, even just, okay, there's, you know, so-and-so is playing at Drake Underground. I went to a concert last week, actually. It was fucking amazing. I loved it. A little too crowded, a little too hipster for me, but still loved it, right? Like, I'll try and go to as many things because, again, you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to run into, what you're going to do, who you're going to see. Like, the it, possibilities are endless. Yeah, it, and again, like I said, it, it applies to everything in life. I, they, I always think back to like one of the one of the times in my life where I had zero responsibility and I could do whatever I wanted. I was, I was backpacking around the world. I, I, I said yes to everything. Like people would make me recommendations to the place I didn't even want to go. And I'm like, why would I go there? But they said, I'm like, I'm like well, what's the worst that happens? Um, and it happened like when I was in like Southeast Asia. I had no desire to go to Thailand because I was like, everyone's been. It's overplayed. And I just, you know, someone's like, you want to go one day? Yes. It turned out to be one of the funnest, one of the most fun experiences I had. Ended up going back to Bangkok like four times that on that trip. Um, but like one of the craziest ones was I was in Tanzania. Um, I was in Tanzania on a safari with my family. Met another family that was on there from uh, family from New York. And the one of the sons of this family was doing like the same thing as I was. He was backpacking around the world for like a year. He was going with his, with his wife at the time. His trip was like the inverse of mine. <clears throat> so he had done everything that I was about to do. Um, <clears throat> he goes, hey, you, you're in India? I said, yeah, I'm going for Holi in like a month from now. Okay, I have some friends in like Jaipur. You got to go see them. I just met this guy. I'm not even friends with this guy. And he's telling me to go meet his friends who I don't know. And I was like, cool. I'm like, here's my email. Send me the info. He... Um, like connects us, whatever. I end up like I was ready in India, and went to go hang out with some people that 
I like, had no idea who they were. Long story short, turns out it was like the, the royal family of like Jaipur, <laughs> and I partied for four days <laughs> in like the palace, and like it was the craziest thing ever. I didn't know any of these people. I was also at this party, like I was alone, like I wasn't with any friends, so I had to walk in, like didn't know anybody. Through that, I was like, you know what? I'm like I'm social. I'm very outgoing, but I still don't like like I'm not as to the degree where Ricky will walk into a, a stadium full of random people that don't speak his language and he'll make friends with somebody. Like me, I can okay. do that. I'm just like I'm a little more like hesitant. But then like through just saying yes to these people in Tanzania and then going to this party, one of the craziest parties I've ever been to, like in India of all places, through that I met some Italians from Italy who like managed soccer players, ended up going somewhere in the UK and playing this crazy soccer game. Like it just all by saying yes. And the snowball effect that happened, yeah. again, that's all related to like travel and all that. But I met people in different parts of the world now that I'll I'll know forever. And like all my travel experiences got better because I had yes to one travel experience that might have put me out of my comfort zone. And it just became this one, became this one, became this one. And the stories I have out of it now and the experiences are like, I couldn't buy those experiences. Money can't give me that. Like, none of it. It's impossible. It's just by flying by the seat of your pants and, and putting yourself in the right circumstances. I, I remember being younger. Someone told me there's no, no one has a better life, but you can have a bigger or a fuller life. And I remember being like 17, being like, Drake's life is way better than mine. What are you talking about? Yeah. Justin Bieber's life is way better than mine. What, what does that even mean? As you get older, you realize everyone has so many personal problems. That there isn't really a better life except for your life, but you could certainly live a fuller or bigger life. And that comes with saying yes to a lot of things, yeah. traveling a lot, life experience, pain is included in a bigger and fuller life. Mm-hmm. Someone hasn't experienced that much pain. That's not a full life. And uh, so that, that that was something I've realized. And as you're saying that, I don't know if anyone has a better life, but there's certainly people that say yes to a lot and they have bigger lives. It's a good, that's a very good, like, very good quote, I guess. And that's true. Better is also subjective, right? Like, or relative, whatever. Anyways. But I mean, Drake's life is probably just a little it, bit better. It is. <laughs> but, the, but the point, too, is like all these things, like, you know, someone like yourself, and maybe you can speak to this, you know, like, when you're in the journey and in the grind, it doesn't feel like the best. And there's all, you, it's, you have that uncertainty. You know, you, it's hard to like do it and say, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it and hope for the best and, you know, build that parachute while I'm falling out of the plane. But when you look back, it's all the stuff in the journey that's what gives you that wealth of experience, that wisdom and all that stuff. Like, yeah, sure. Like, to your point, Drake's got a sick house. I'd love to have a basketball court in my house. And that's pretty cool. But like, you know. That's the coolest part about Drake. But like, but you know, am I going to go? No, I'm just, like, it's one thing that's cool. But I'm saying like, you know, if I sat on this podcast, say, hey guys, you know, it's sick. Like, I, got a, I got a basketball court in my house. You'd be like, what, 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 what a douche. Like, but you know, when you share these stories and experiences, like it just makes you more relatable to people. It's more fun because it, you know, it, you're sharing knowledge and sharing wisdom and all that stuff. So, and that's the other thing, right? Like, when you're saying yes to things, it's not about the monetary aspect. It's not about what what you'll gain out of it. It's putting yourself in these circumstances that give you the experience, the exposure, well, both good and bad. Because some of these things might not work in your favor too. You might like you might get burned by by saying yes to something. But like those things are what are important in life. All of those things that you put yourself into. It's all the experiences. If you think it's anything but that, like you know what matters the the, the money, the cost of the ticket, the, the car you're gonna get as well as your hard work and the records that hit, that doesn't mean shit. At the end of the day, it's it's, it's also, nice to have and it's a nice little cherry on top. But anyone who believes otherwise, like it, I don't know, I think it's it's a 
it's how we connect as humans like look at the cliche any guy that's like with their friends late at night you're drinking you're gonna talk about all the l's you took the one that got away the business failures the job that's stressing you out how many times are you hanging out with your friends 2 a.m and you guys are just like talking about nothing but wins and strategic future moves no you're talking about like all the dumb stuff and all the l's that you're going through it's kind of just what connects us 100 percent. that's actually a very good point I agree. And I think that's a good note to wrap it up on. Thank you guys for there, having There was me. so much other things too. Like I had, I, I, before we started, I pulled up on the notes and everything I want to chat about. Like but this is the best part. Like yeah. uh, this, again, I, I know, I fuck, I've been saying this too much lately, but this is one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah. Like, Thank you. And you asked stuff. us right before, you were you were foreshadowing it, eh? You man, knew. You, you asked us what's what's been one of your no, favorite man, episodes. Man. You, you set us up, you Peter, knew. <laughs> you came in like, you're so well-spoken and- this episode is kind of like how we define our podcast. It's not just an interview. We're not here just to talk about you and your life and ask you questions because you've done that. You can do that on the radio shows. You can do that with XM Radio. And this. We want to have conversations with friends and let people see a different side of you. Let people see like, okay, there's more to just Peter Takis than the radio songs and the touring and this and that. It's like, let's chat about life. Let's chat about it. George loves to tell. I'm a storyteller. George is more of an idea sharer. Like, Let's do everything. And this episode encapsulated everything that we want our podcast to be. You guys like started. I didn't know if we were even recording. Like when I do radio, bro, it'll be like five, four, three, two, one. Hey, tell us your life story and all your ups and downs. And next song starts in 26 seconds. And you're just like, (laughs) ah, you have like so condensed. I'm always having bullet points in front of me from my PR. This is why the song matters. This is how well it's doing. And the fact that we didn't promote anything today and just hung yeah, out like, yeah. means that it, it was a win to me. We did. I love it. The other episode, I had to do it right off the bat because like there's some episodes we have musicians and we don't talk about music at all. That's the best. Thing. And I'm like, yeah. okay, like that's what we like. But it's like, okay, we also need to give them you know, a little bit of a platform to share or promote something, right? Like yeah. I'm like, I think last episode, I'm like, before we get into it, tell us about the song. Let's let's do this. Let's get this out of the way because we're not going to talk about it after that most likely. Amazing. But, um, but what kind of brings us all full circle, and it's weird that we actually talked about all these sort of life experiences and how to say yes to things, is that how this, this episode even came about, we weren't planning on recording this weekend because as we said, I mean, this is going to release a little bit later, but... I knew we knew we had my birthday dinner and even like me, Ricky, and then y'all have our group chat and even Becca, like we all like kind of consult each other on this stuff. And you said you're in town for a show window. I'm like, okay, well, we can't do yesterday. And like, you know, you're gone Monday. We're like, wow, Sunday, like this is going to be a tough one. Like, how do we handle this? And, you know, I thought about it and probably the old me, let's go back a few years. I probably said, you know what? I'm going to party. It's my birthday. I'm gonna do what I want. Like, why would I want to go sit on a podcast? I'm not, and dead serious too. And in that moment, I was like, no, like I can, like, I can sit down with someone who who I consider like now to be a friend of the podcast and comes on like has great like great conversation. You're in town for a short time, like who knows what'll come out of what kind of conversation. So I'm like, I can get really hammered and be hungover and hate the day and all these things, or I can say yes, be a little more responsible, still have a great time. As a result of all these things, like we were saying before, like I wasn't even that drunk last night. Like I I remember talking to everybody, like just wa- at one point I was just watching people around the room, seeing everyone had different conversations. And honestly, one of my one of my more enjoyable, if not funnest, birthdays, because like it just seemed like everyone was so happy. And as a result of all that, saying yes, it, like it, it was like a snowball effect, right? So you say yes to one thing, and look, everything plays out. Anyways, well, I, I don't know. That's my last guys. random thought. I miss you guys, and anytime I come to Toronto, I'd love to kick it, buddy. Anytime you are welcome on yeah. the pod as many times. Matt, as every you time you come in town, message us now. Doesn't matter what yeah. we have the night we'll, before, we'll, we'll, we'll make, make time. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter. If people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, your music, where can they go? How can they find you? Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Takis, T A K I S. Um, yeah, and hopefully you enjoy it. Beauty, guys. We made it to the end. Give Peter a follow. 
follow your pals here share this with your friend and until next time signing off pals Cheers. you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain and i don't remember all of my mistakes and every high i got alone